everybody. Well, welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about a streaming service and the hidden gems that you can find on that service to watch. It's a lot of fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. Uh, Got to give you congratulations. I heard that on Hallmarkies, you interviewed the infamous Luke from Heartland. I saw that tweet oh, yes. and I was like, wow, that was a crazy yet. <laughs> yes, we did. River Chohan is his name, and he is such a great young man. I it makes me sound so old when I say that, but it's true. He really, I was so impressed because when you interview child actors or teen actors, I, the, a lot of times they can uh, not give the most like sophisticated answers. They'll give like one word answers or just not be that. Uh, I mean, they're doing fine and they're great, but just, I don't know, just don't have the maturity that, you know, other interviewers can have. Uh, and I was so impressed with every single one of his answers. I was so impressed with just his positivity. And I, I, overall, I was just impressed with him as a human. So way to go, River. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy that you're getting all these Heartland people onto the show. I, I keep yes. telling you this. I'm surprised Hallmark hasn't hired you yet. I mean, you're literally... <laughs> Like it, it's you're like Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. You're doing eighty percent of their job, and this is the things <laughs> that you get. Well, I'm available, Heartland or Hallmark. If you're listening, I'm available. <laughs> Hire this woman; she deserves it. Well, I, it was delightful to talk to River. Like I said, and we had Amber Marshall on just a couple of weeks ago, so that was really fun. The Heartland interviews always do really, really well which was part of the reason why I decided to take on the daunting task of covering Heartland. <laughs> but we, we just recorded our uh, first episodes of season 14 recaps. So that was very exciting because when we first started doing the recaps, they hadn't started filming season 14. So we, we've now done, we've now caught up basically to where they were when we started. <laughs> And in the words of Deadpool, now you're all caught up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, congrats to you for that. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Well, and we should get, do a little housekeeping before we dive into our Hidden Gems. So this is going to be the last episode of Hidden Gems for two weeks. And then we'll probably do a live episode the, uh, the week of the, what, the 17th of August. Um, because... I'm going to be gone. Uh, I'm going to be gone. Let me get so August. I am leaving on the 5th and I'm coming back the 15th. So I'm leaving on a long trip. Um, and then I'm, so I'm guessing that the 19th we'll just do like a, a live episode. Um, but so for at least two weeks, well, I guess we have this week. So it'd really just be next week that we uh, won't have an episode of Hidden Gems. So not that bad, actually. <laughs> I was thinking it was two weeks, but we'll have this on the 5th, and then we'll, ha we'll not have anything next week, and then the week after, we uh, will probably do a live stream of some kind. So anyway, there's a little break, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, she is, uh, uh, Rachel, my illustrious co-host, has, uh, has been finally granted the role of Queen of Christmas, and she <laughs> coordinated a Christmas con. So that's yeah. very fun. I'm really excited. I'm a little nervous because I, since I'm planning this two weekend trip, it's very essential that I do not get sick uh, at this 
con and cons are like <laughs> petri dishes for illness and i'm gonna try really hard to not get sick but we'll just see we'll do the best i can uh and uh, hopefully have a great trip but um but yeah it should be fun i'm gonna get to see some of my co-hosts and other friends from hallmarkies that i've only interacted with online have not actually met in person so that will be super fun and uh yeah, I'm excited. I'm uh, going to be doing some work too. While I'm there. I'm hopefully going to be able to meet with Hallmark, but definitely meeting with Hallmark Publishing. Uh, so that's exciting. So I imagine yeah, it's going to be fun. Walking, I imagine you'll be walking through the convention hall with like your shirt over your nose and like double fisting Lysol. <laughs> yeah, what? Pretty much. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got to. I got to sell out, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's gonna be fun if anybody listening is like at christmas con or going to christmas con well, hook me up and uh, i would love to uh say hi so yeah <clears throat> so that done what are we talking about this uh week for our hidden gems uh we're talking about the little streaming service that could we're talking about canopy and this is one of my personal favorites because it's 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 a home for the smaller movies for a lot of awards like festival darlings kind of stuff if you're into the more artsy stuff or the more say looking to catch up on foreign stuff or oscar stuff this really is the place mm -hmm. for you and it's through your local library so it in your words it's the best price it's free so all you need is a library card and you're golden Right, my favorite price, three ninety nine. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And every time we revisit Canopy, I always am like, "How is this on there?" Both pleasantly, yeah, kind of like a weird surprise because one of your choices, I was sitting there like, "Really? I would never uh -huh. have picked that to be on there." Yeah, it's not as stodgy as sometimes I think we make it sound. It's not like the Criterion Channel. It, which is great as well, but it, you know, it's definitely on the uh, pretentious side. No, they, they have some, some fun stuff too. It's not as, uh, as mainstream as Hoopla, which is the other library streaming service, but, uh, but it, it, it's not all art house fair. Yeah. I remember one episode I was looking through there and I was, I was looking and I saw the OG, the Terminator on there from 1984. I was like, Thoughtful Entertainment, The Terminator. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I love the first Terminator movie, but I was just in there like, um, would never pick those two together. But I mean, <laughs> there you go. I guess it's it something working. to say. You know, all good sci-fi does. That's true. About yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I can see it. I can see it. But yeah, I think sometimes maybe we overstate the art house nature of Canopy because they really do have a good variety for you. That is true, and I guess there it needs to be a balance of, you know, art and bringing people to, people's eyeballs towards the service. It's all about the balance and all that, and I think yeah. Andy did a pretty solid job. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you combined both Hoopla and Canopy, that would be a lot of good films. I mean, you you if you're if you're feeling like I can't afford all these streaming services. If all you had were the free ones, Canopy, if all you had is Canopy, Tubi, and Hoopla, you would have plenty of entertainment at your disposal. <laughs> I 
especially in the case of Hoopla, if you're into British television, mm-hmm. that's the gold mine right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into our picks uh, this week for Canopy and let us know in the comment section what you've been watching on Canopy and what you think of our picks. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'll go first. My first pick is a movie I watched at Sundance uh, way back in, uh, I think, 2017. And it's called Rebel in the Rye. And it, I admit, it's a fairly basic uh, biopic movie um, about the author J.D. Salinger, uh, who wrote Catcher in the Rye, and it was a, it was a notorious recluse. Um, he even uh, he had one of his uh, books turned into a movie, and he hated it so much he put in his will that nobody was ever allowed. And none of his uh, progeny or nobody was allowed to turn Catcher in the Rye into a movie, um, even after his dad had died. But uh, but anyway, this is a pretty decent biopic of his life. Nicholas Holt gives a good performance. It does have Kevin Spacey in, so if that's triggering for you, then. You don't want to watch that. I think he's his um, a professor, I think. Uh, and uh, Sarah Paulson's in it. Zoe Douche is in it. Hope Davis, uh, Victor Garber. So it has like a really good cast and everything looks nice. It's well done. You'll get to learn more about J.D. Salinger. This is not reinventing the wheel. It's not like some amazing biopic, but it's serviceable, I would say. So with some good performances. Yeah, it, this is the Catcher in the Rye with J.D. Salinger, right? That's the guy mm-hmm. who wrote it? Yeah, so this is about him, his life. Strange, you know, he, he's like, no one shall make a movie about this. I want this all. Like, dang, it's pretty weird. It's kind of kind of like Bill Watterson, how he's so protective yep. of Calvin and Hobbes, which, I mean, I love Calvin and Hobbes, but I routinely go through a bit of an inner debate of myself of, if someone did a Calvin and Hobbes movie right, like animated, like through say, like uh, I can't think of a good. Yeah, I know. I wish that he could have seen the Peanuts movie and see how respectful that was and how well it was done. And I, I wonder if if that some seeing something like that would make him want yeah. to change his mind. But no, I mean, I, I guess I admire the, in a way, I admire their. The fact that money doesn't seem to appeal or or sway them, either of them, J.D. Salinger or, uh, and and yet on the other hand, it's like, oh, well, that could have been really a cool thing, you know, to have because I love movies and I love film, and uh, but um, but yeah, they both stuck to their uh, stuck to their decision. And give them give them credit for sticking yeah. to their guns. Yeah, I certainly would have been more tempted by all of that. Like, that money is huge. But anyway, if you want to learn more about J.D. Salinger, this is a decent biopic. It's not going to win any Oscars. It's not like, you know, amazing, but it's solid. So, yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you have next? So my first choice is from The Accursed Year 2020. 
And, and <laughs> on my way out to see you earlier this year on the plane, I saw this for the first time. And I was just mad that I was not able to see this in theaters of theaters or streaming or anything. I heard about this through word of mouth, but it was on my plane and I watched it and I thought it was really good. It was another round. Uh, mm -hmm. This stars Mads Mikkelsen. This is a this is a film from Denmark. So yeah, it's a it's a Dutch movie. And it tells the story of Mads Mikkelsen and his three friends. They're all teachers at this high school and they're going through varying stages of a midlife crisis. They're satisfied to a degree. Uh, a good, three of the four of them are happily married and have families. However, they're at the point of, is this it? Like, is this all that's left for me? And so then one of them comes across this theory that we human beings were born at a blood alcohol level 0.5% or 0.05% of what it should be. And so basically... <laughs> The the movie is deeper than this, but it's basically Mads Mikkelsen and his friends day drinking. They drink at work, they drink at home, and and as the for the sake of science, they do this, mm -hmm. and they find themselves that the more they drink, the jollier that they become, and their lives become better as a result. However, things go kind of south, and I won't spoil it. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's basic. Mads Mikkelsen and his friends do a lot of drinking in this movie, but there is a lot more going on here than I think I think one might give it credit for. It is in Dutch, so there is you're gonna have to read the subtitles if you are so inclined. I did because I because I liked hear I liked reading and hearing what they had to say, and it was a better experience for me. And I give this director credit, they act he actually has these like shots kind of like a silent movie where there's like a wall of text saying saying like this is the, the first step and then the second step and then like the maximum amount of like when they're just in a drunken stupor it like i said the movie's a lot deeper than that it's about them trying to find some essence of their passion again for just living and getting out of mm -hmm. a rut um Mads Mikkelsen is excellent in this. I know I'm saying like this, like this tea is like, is like liquid, but it's the truth. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is excellent here. And he starts out in, as just kind of the boring one of the group. But as he goes through this experiment, he loosens up. He finds a new connection with his wife and his kids. Like, it's great to see. And there is, there is the falling out and then there's the the resurrection again that there is that however it's very well acted it's a pretty short movie i think it's only 90 to 100 minutes i'll have to check on that but i like i it was a weird double feature because on the plane i watched pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl and then another round so going from this <laughs> big bombastic pirates movie to this indie like movie about dudes that drink all day well i mean they're both pretty boozy characters so i guess there's that's, that that's true yeah <laughs> captain, captain jack does have a thing for his rum he's like <laughs> where's the rum gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually missed this one i i didn't see it uh but i heard nothing but good things so one of these days i have to catch up to it maybe i'll catch up to on a plane someday
<laughs> yeah, like I said, it's not just about Mads Mikkelsen and his drunk friends. There's actually there's actually a good message with a lot of heart in here, and the ending mm-hmm. is just priceless. It's it's Mads Mikkelsen dancing, and if you just if you look up this, if you look up on YouTube, another round ending song. It's the "What a Life" song. It's gorgeous. It mm-hmm, really is mm-hmm. cool. Well, my pick is a silly movie about friends hanging out, but they just happen to go through time in an elevator. I mean, in a telephone booth. It's uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> and this is admittedly a stretch for his hidden gem. But some younger kids may not be as familiar with it as us old, me, oldie. You're not an oldie. I am. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, basically it's about these two kind of stoner guys who are failing their history class. And uh, they decide they end up being able to go through time and pick up all of these guests about throughout history so that they can get a good grade on their report. It's funny. It's charming. You get to see Napoleon and Socrates and, you know, some of these other Abraham Lincoln, some of these famous characters being silly and ridiculous and, and making you laugh. And uh, so, yeah, this is a fun movie. Uh, And uh, I liked him. I like the first two. I actually think I maybe even like the second one better. So I may recommend that in a future episode, both of them are solid. I didn't love the reboot that they did. In 20, I think it was 2020, not my favorite, but this is funny and clever. And I like all the historical figures and uh, the jokes about that. So that uh, is my next pick. I mean, I can't turn down any movie with Keanu in it. I mean, that man is just is, is a national treasure. And I've, I've actually seen this movie before. It's been a while, but my dad and I watched it together. So I do remember that. And I do mm-hmm. remember quite enjoying it. I like how goofball-y in nature both Keanu and Alex Winter are as uh, as uh, Ted and Bill, respectively. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like their friendship with each other. And I just... I, there are several scenes that stick out to me where the the phone booth like lands in the Circle K, and I can't remember the line, but it was like, "Man, the Circle K is something, huh?" And I'm probably butchered that quote, yeah. but that's what I remember most about. Yeah, it. they are chill dudes. <laughs> that are doesn't take much to impress them. So uh, excellent. All right, well, yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, why is your next pick? Well, here's the hard left for the episode. Uh, this movie is from 1997, and it is called Rosewood. Uh, this was directed by John Singleton. May he rest in peace. Directed movies like Boys in the Hood. Uh, it tells the story of, well, a rather unfortunate story about <clears throat> about a um, about a white woman who blames a black man for assaulting her, even though none of that happened. This took place in Rosewood, Florida. And there was massive just race riots. It's not the most pleasant movie in the world. But the two main characters, played by John Voight, a white man, and Michael Clark Duncan, may he rest in peace, a black man, try to ease the tensions and help as many people as they can. This is, like I said, this is directed by John Singleton, who, I mean, is, is a legend. I mean, he's he was very good in his day. Uh, and I remember watching this in my 
in my I didn't do it off camera, but in my 1997 series where I tried to review or I tried to watch every movie that I could in 97. And I remember it was in a kind of drab month. I think this was in March of 97 where I was like, all right, these are kind of good. And then when I hit Rosewood, it was like, whoa, okay. And this like entered my like top five for the year for a while. And it got knocked down a bit, but I thought the movie was very well made. It was, it's a very difficult watch, especially considering the race aspects and all of that. But I recommend everyone check this out at least once. Like I said, it's a it's a difficult watch, but I think it's a rewarding one all at the same time. Yeah, I actually saw this in college. I took a, a, a race relations political science class. Political science was my major, and then I ended up TAing for that class as well. So I uh, I watched it, and then I also helped teach it. I guess. This movie is brutal. It is a tough set. But it is well done. Yeah, I mean, John, like I said, John Singleton's a legend. I mean, he was just, he did a lot of good work in his time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but rather, definitely, rather... I mean, you have to look at watching this as the same kind of attitude that you do when you watch something like Schindler's List or something like that. You know, get, like, be ready for a lot of uh, brutal movie yeah and shout out to michael clark duncan who is just taken from us far too soon and yeah. john boyd as well he's really good in this too yeah yeah all right well my next pick is a smaller film than that this is called 45 and this is a movie about a couple that is uh their 45th wedding anniversary is coming and uh, Charlotte Rampling plays the wife in the relationship. And through various things, she finds out that her husband has been lying to her for their entire marriage about the relationship that he had with a young woman that he was almost engaged to uh, and that had passed away. And uh, things get unearthed and... Uh, I just really loved Charlotte Rampling's performance in this. I really connected with her. I felt for her. Um, it's definitely a, you know, a sad watch to see this marriage kind of crumble. Uh, that's hard, but it's so well done, so well acted. And in uh, Andrew Hay, I just love how he directs movies. He, they always have such humanity and such emotion. I love Lean on Pete. That's one of my favorites of recent years. This is also excellent. Reminded, Charlotte Rampling's character reminded me a lot of my grandma, um, just in the way that she kind of bottles things up and then finally had to kind of uh, go through and deal with it and the forgiveness process and uh it's it's a it's just a lovely character piece about these particularly her characters it, you know tom courtney plays her husband but really it's this movie's about her and her her character it's very very well done is it a spoiler to ask what the lie is that i the um is oh or wait was it the engagement uh, yeah, and that uh, he, I'm trying to remember all the, it's been a while since I saw this one, but, um, uh, but no, they, um, uh, 
that she hadn't, he hadn't, she didn't know that, that they were engaged and that, uh, they, they had, that he was like basically still in love with her all these years that he'd kind of kept that all to himself and uh, he'd made it seem like there was nothing. It was like just this nothing relationship. And then she finds out that uh, it was much more um, when the body is discovered and finds out more about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, 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 I'm not married. I hope to be someday. But if I were married, I would not hold a secret like that. Yeah. Really half a century. Like, what is possessing this dude? To, mm-hmm. uh, to like hold it in for 45 years. Like that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really more about her journey though, through the movie is, mm. is the, is the story. So, um, so what do you have next? So my next pick is from 2006 and it is called Valkyrie. Uh, this, I should get this out of the way. This was directed by Brian Singer take from that whatever you want but this movie's actually quite good it's based on a true story of operation valkyrie basically it was an internal mission within the nazi party it was it was uh, lieutenant klaus von stuffenberg and a group of of nazi higher-ups who felt that hitler was getting way out of control and they tried to assassinate him uh, uh, this is this has actually got a pretty solid cast. Tom Cruise is the front man in this, and with movies like Top Gun Maverick, I mean that movie's awesome. But you would think that he's just the action guy, and that is a good chunk of what he is good at. However, in smaller movies like this, he can actually be quite good in here as well. Uh, I love World War II movies. They're a they're a particular soft spot of mine. Even ones that are kind of ho-hum like subpar I can still get into them I think that they're just that entire time period is just endlessly fascinating and just it's a build-up to just well a literal explosion because they're because their goal is to get is to get Hitler into his like war room and then detonate a bomb and well spoiler but it doesn't really work uh, Bill Nye is in here, Kenneth Branagh is in here, Tom Wilkinson, Terrence Stamp, Eddie Izzard, uh, Kevin McNally, who is actually in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he's Gibbs. It's a pretty loaded cast, and it's also written by Christopher McQuarrie, who I'm pretty sure Cruz and him are, like, attached at the hip at this point. Like, they work yeah. together on quite <laughs> a bit. It is a very depressing movie, especially near the end. It gets pretty brutal, but it's still a, it's still a, it, it's not a fun watch. That's not the right word, but it's, it's very well made. And for the World War II buffs out there, it's especially fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting movie because the heroes don't actually win, which you usually don't see in movies. Uh, but it also can feel kind of like deflating, but that's the reality of what happens. So what are you going to do? Yeah, and it's also weird because the heroes are technically Nazis, and so there's this right. <laughs> there's this moral dilemma of yeah, take out Hitler, but also boo, you're a part of a terrible regime. So yeah, that's true. It's a it's a catch twenty two, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
Very good. Well, my next choice is admittedly not like the greatest movie. <laughs> um, it's one of the weirdest animated films I think I've ever seen. It's All Dogs Go to Heaven, uh, which is literally about a dog that gambles and dies and ends up in hell, but all dogs go to heaven. So he gets another chance to make things right. And uh, so he comes down and he helps this little girl. And it's, it's cute enough for what it is. It has some fun songs. <laughs> it's not like a great recommendation because I just think it's kind of a, a strange movie, but uh, it's cute enough, I think, to be worth a watch. <laughs> this is Don Bluth, right? <laughs> yeah, Don Bluth. Yeah, talk about, he. this is a guy who had like the, trilogy of like the ultimate trilogy of non-disney movies back in the day like american tales secret of nim and what's the other one um shoot i used to know all three american tales, which one did you say american tales secret of nim and land before time land before time those are the three yeah like he escaped disney and he made those three was like all right mr bluth you're on a roll and then <laughs> he wasn't anymore yeah. Where credits due, he made those three movies, which I which are really good. But I mean, at the same time, yeah. it's like he couldn't keep the momentum going. I mean, this is better than a lot of those other ones from that time period. It just has a more coherent story, and it has cuter moments. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he did go through a rough patch. <laughs> um, and then I mean, I love Anastasia. Uh, I think that one's great. But um, but yeah. It's not a great movie, but it's serviceable, I guess I'd say. It's it's weird, and sometimes I like to watch just a weird movie. Yeah, shout out to whoever cast Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd as Rasputin in that movie. That was very right. inspired. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's your next pick? So my next choice is is a series from the History Channel, and it is called The Universe. I remember watching this a lot in high school science class and I thought it was very well made. And there's something about Canopy that they've been slowly kind of putting on there. They've been putting on a lot of the History Channel limited series, like one I recommended a long time ago called The Men Who Built America. Uh, they put up, or not Hatfields and McCoys, but they, um, they've been putting up a lot of History Channel content, which I do appreciate. Modern Marvels is on there, which mm -hmm. is really cool. And, and this was like, this was a favorite, like in, in my like middle school and high school science classes. I think the CGI is very well done, especially in like the models. And it just, it's, I think it's just really fascinating to learn about space. It's like, you just go straight up for about a few hundred thousand miles. And then you're just basically in a vacuum. It, it's just, it, you would think that that would be just kind of boring, but then when you look at, you know, other the other planets and you look at black holes and constellations and, mm -hmm. and just galaxies and just, it's one of those things that makes you oddly feel small and kind of like you're just this little tiny pebble in like the massive beach that is the universe. It's like in the movie Planet 51, it was described as every galaxy, uh, like, Every galaxy has billions of planets and billions of stars, and the universe is full of billions upon billions of those galaxies. And so I think the universe is a very well-done show that really goes in-depth about 
all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard about this one. So that was interesting that you recommended it. I, I had heard of some of those other ones, but I never heard of this. So that sounds interesting. Yeah, I believe there's an episode on there about the day the earth dies or something like that, which mm-hmm. considering the projections are the earth is going to probably die out in about a billion years from now. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I won't be around for it then. <laughs> there you go. Well, my next pick is uh is a martial arts film it's a really good one it's called it man it's from 2008 and this stars donnie yen and uh it he plays this man yip man who is the first martial arts master to teach chinese martial arts to people and really i don't remember that much of the story of this but the action is just unbelievable uh, there's a great scene where he basically takes down just by himself, takes down like a whole room of people and the way they're able to make it realistic and, uh, and it, it really, it's great. Um, so if you like action, this is one of the best as far as action set pieces. It's really good. I've seen clips from this movie a lot and Donnie Yen is just a machine. He really is. If you all only know him as the blind guy from Rogue One, go into his other movies. He is legitimately Oh, yeah. Far better. I am salivating that he is going to be in John Wick Chapter 4. It's John Wick versus Donnie Yen. I'd buy that for a dollar. Like, just Mm -hmm. take all my money. I'm there for all of it. That's awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, So it's, it's a movie that is really about the action and it just does it so well. So you should check it out. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but this first one is really good. So what do you have your last pick? So my last choice, and this is this is the one I'm walking on a tightrope on for, for in terms of hidden. It got a lot of awards attention. However, ever since I've seen this movie, I've just thought about it more and more and more. And in terms of biopics, I think... This is one of the better ones that have been made in recent times. It's called I, Tanya. Uh, this, is the bi- this is the biography of Tanya Harding. If you've never heard of her, well, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have. It's mm-hmm. basically Tanya Harding was a very talented figure skater. However, there was one that was even better named Nancy Kerrigan. And Harding basically paid someone to attack Kerrigan and her like hit her in the knee with a tire iron and basically take her out of the Olympics allowing Harding to get in there but there was just one problem Harding hired basically an idiot and so basically got disgraced and and run out of there and I well and it's there's a little bit of ambiguity of like how much of it was her and half of it how, how much of it was her husband uh just acting like an idiot that he was i mean you can definitely walk out of it saying yes she was fully involved and she deserved everything she got but you can also walk out of the movie being like they it was too much too harsh uh she was only minimally involved i think that you could see both you could take both sides out of the movie personally yeah i can see that too it just it it's just a lot of idiots involved in this yeah a lot of idiots involved. but i give this movie credit for a biopic they really made it unique and they told it in about as unique a way as possible Uh, margot robbie is just excellent here i think she gives her best 
performance by a country mile. She is great here. Uh, mm -hmm. Sebastian Stan plays her husband, and not gonna lie, I, I was, I remember watching this in the theater, and I was like, okay, this dude is so familiar. Where have I seen him? And then it like <laughs> clicked in my head. That's the Winter Soldier. That's Sebastian Stan. That's and, funny. And and shout out to him. Like he's been really holding it down. Like he's still in the MCU technically, but he's had a really good career outside of that. He's been in Fresh earlier this year, which he was really creepy in and really good there. He's also in Itania. He was good there. Like, I haven't seen anything bad from him in his post-MCU dalliances. I mean, then that's a credit to him. Uh, I believe it's Allison, not, is it Allison Janney who is? Yeah, Allison Janney, uh, who is in Juno. She's really good in, in here, too, as Tanya Harding's mom. I couldn't stand <laughs> her. She won the Oscar her. for it. Couldn't stand her, but I have a feeling that's what they were going for, and they clearly succeeded. Uh, yeah. this, this is a biopic told in the style of basically the characters are breaking the fourth wall and kind of talking like how we're talking and like they're lighting up cigarettes and like, are, is that what that dude said? Here's what really happened. So I give this director credit for going in that unique of a direction. I like that. I like the spirit of that. Yeah, they definitely take some risks and they try some things. Uh, and I, I appreciate that too. Craig Gillespie is the name. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I kind of, I think that sometimes they, they can't quite decide um, whether they like these people or whether they think they're. I don't know. Like I felt like sometimes that I I felt like the movie couldn't decide what they wanted to do with Tanya a little bit. That is this somebody that they like or somebody that's kind of a villain? I don't know. And maybe that ambiguity was intentional. But uh, but it swung a little bit, I thought. Yeah, well, I, I felt a great bit of pity for her situation because her husband was just a brute and, like, he was just awful. Yeah. And so, I mean, what when she... When her mom was, too, and she just didn't have a ton of love and she's in this very, uh, very princessy kind of a sport uh, to be in. Yeah, and I... And what what Tony Harding did to Nancy Kerrigan was terrible. I, I don't want anyone thinking I'm defending that action. I, I think what happened there was not good, but I give it credit where credit's due. It's like, okay, you know, it's like, I, I feel a bit of, a, a bit, a kernel of sympathy for where she was coming from. And, mm. uh, and also shout out to the figure skating scenes in the movie. I think they're really good. When Tanya yeah. hits the triple axel, you're like, yes. Oh my gosh, she hit it. And I'm I'm not I'm kind of ambiguous on figure skating. I, I, I think I have more respect for it than rather watching it, if that makes any sense at all. Just the fact that these people, these grown men and women, are on skates like yay big, skating on ice. And if they're off by a millimeter, they're 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 just falling flat on their butt and just managing to nail just just and then just landing on it <laughs> it just it just blows my yeah. mind well and and they had to digitally create the skater for the triple axle because they literally couldn't find a stunt double who could do it which it looks really good considering that yeah that's some uh that's some the crow wizardry right there yeah yeah so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting movie for sure. 
Um, well, let's go over our picks real quick. So I have, uh, I have Rebel in the Rye, and then I have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I have 45 Years, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and It Man. And I have Another Round, Rosewood, Valkyrie, The Universe, and I, Tanya. Yeah, so let us know if you've seen any of these movies, what you think of them. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments section or on Twitter. If you've been watching anything on Canopy, we'd love to hear what you've been checking out. That would be really fun. And uh, if you have a streaming service or a film that you'd like us to talk about, just let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear your suggestions. So Ryan, how can people find you and your content? So people can find me on YouTube at just Ryan Cam. That's my channel name. And also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. On the channel upcoming, I've got the Twilight Zone vlog talking about the episode called Long Distance Call. I'm finally out of the videotape era of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> thank God. No more looking, looking at these, at Rod Serling's work and thinking it's taking place in the world of As the World Turns. Thank <laughs> it also happens that Long Distance Call is a really good episode. And then earlier this week, Jacob and I dropped Life in the Movies episode 29 or 30. It's crazy that we're close to oh, it. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, we're doing a bit of a recap of the year so far, our five best movies of the year. So that's going to be fun. And also recapping Jessica Jones episodes four and five of season one. I'll also be covering, I'm going to shoot for covering both Bullet Train and Prey. I'm going to shoot for doing both. And then this coming Sunday, I'm going to be starting my review of reviewing the Before Trilogy. I, I'm going to be covering mm. Before Sunrise this Sunday, and then next Sunday will be Before Sunset, and the Sunday afterwards will be Before Midnight. I've, as of this recording, I've seen Before Sunrise and Sunset, and they've both been fantastic. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I like Sunset more than Sunrise. But that's just mm. me. I love them both. It's hard for me to decide. I think they're both excellent. But that's great. I'm glad you're watching those. Uh, yeah, I have some fun stuff coming up on my channel. Well, this week we had The Preacher's Wife, which was patron pick. Uh, next week for Family Movie Night, patron pick, we have The Christmas Ornament, which is a fan favorite Hallmark movie. Uh, and then this week we had, for Indie Animation, we we're talking Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which is so cute. And you should check. I bet it's playing somewhere near you because it got a pretty big rollout from A24. And it is... I loved it. I just think it was so good. So Stanford and I talk, are talking about that for Indie Animation. We also have Female Film Critics panel coming up with Cell Specs, which is one of my, fa she's one of my favorite uh, animation YouTubers. So I'm really, that was really fun. And Karen Peterson. And then also we have the first of our Lord of the Rings discussions coming up. And if you want to listen to that now, you can check out the Patreon uh, and uh, listen to it ad-free. Uh, now. So all that's coming up on the channel while I am going to be in California. All right. So, very good. I hope you have a nice trip. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it and just pray to the COVID gods that I do not get sick and I'm able to enjoy all 10 days of my trip. That's my greatest hope. <laughs> so... I, yeah, again, let us know what you think and we're, thank you for listening and, uh, and, uh, yeah, let us, let us know in the comments, your thoughts, and, uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye everyone. Bye.